Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. This is hundred episode one hundred and one. Um, changing things up. We've got some announcements. Gonna have some fun. Um, so if anybody listened to the Superflex Super Show, we made some announcements there. So the ones here are gonna be similar. Um, anyway, I've got Brian Har here. He'll be hopefully on the show again and again and again, but he will be a co-host of the show. And then we've got John Hogue, same thing, like co-host of the show. Um, so you guys, if you want, help me out or if I misspeak here, but then, so we'll pretty much have that whole crew kind of merging together, um, slowly putting this all together. So anybody that was mentioned on that show, James, the brain, um, Evan Turner, Brian, Brian, you're here. I meant Bill super flex, super duper flex. And then you'll still hear two drink minimum here. Um, so really just like freaking super flex all-stars um did i cover that well how's it going guys good man yeah um yeah i think you got everything right it's it's a it's a full roster for sure yeah. but yeah 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 well done swags covered it all buddy i felt like i felt like i was kind of vanilla and boring about it but man i can't tell you how excited i am i mean you guys are gonna hear top top notch super flex advice in a couple different spots now um in my opinion like and i thank you to all the listeners for being here all the listeners to the super flex super show um in my opinion those have always been kind of the super flex go-tos like i've recommended people to go to you um there's a lot of people pumping out some good advice they might have it here and there but um it's it's kind of nice like even though it became friendly, like we're, we're not going against each other anymore. We're kind of just teaming up and taking over the super flexible world, super flex world. Yeah. I think, I think the real nice thing, it, it, you know, I mean, it's nice for us, obviously um, just in terms of um, getting to work with other people who love the format as much as we do and, and can talk about it uh, in, in, a, in a way that makes sense. Um, but it's really going to be beneficial for the listeners. Um, I think to have, kind of you know bring, bringing the the these the shows kind of together and and having the the cast kind of fluid across the shows it's going to be nice to you know you're you're going to hear the same voices when it comes to superflex it's going to be very concentrated um in, into you know the the five or six guys that that are are doing these shows and for the listener i think that's nice i think they you know hopefully they trust us uh we we have you yeah. know a pretty decent track record in the format and um you know i think that uh you know having a kind of a one-stop you know or, or at least having an idea of of the you know you hear the same voices on the on the shows uh, i think that's going to be really helpful for the listener yep and they'll get a little rotation sure so you'll hear some of us here and there i think um I think we can all do this together uh, chemistry-wise, too. I think it'll be really fun. Um, John, I've had – I mean, Brian, you've been on as well, but, John, you've been on a few times, I think, towards the end. Like, you were pretty much guest host anyway, so this is pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, and, and you're back home where you started. I, I took it more serious this time. I tried to clean off some of the coffee stains for you, and we're not quite as sticky on the keyboard. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I barely recognize it now. I mean – that's the uh, those those were all the uh, my signatures uh, <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I was here. But yeah, I, I I built it and you grew it, man. You the, you know I I, uh, I laid the foundation and you built a freaking castle here. So it's oh, it's awesome to awesome to come full circle with this and uh, 
um, get back to super flexible and uh, um, get to be a part man. of it. Absolutely, get to be a part of it again and be part of it with you. Finally, yeah, that's uh, absolutely that, man. Honestly, that's the best part. I mean, super flexible, super flex, super show. I they're just those are just names of a podcast. It's it's the group of people that you're on that podcast with that makes it really meaningful. So. Yeah, you know. I absolutely agree. I'm glad you guys are here already because you did a much better job than I did. <laughs> uh, um, so we're going to do a little bit of public nervous announcement going into week one here. And we're here. We made it to week one. So I tried really hard. You won't hear me. I don't have to be nervous about Will Fuller because he plays tonight. So I'm going to try to keep off the the Thursday night game. I don't know if you guys are nervous about it. I don't know how quick I'll get this out probably before the game, but maybe not enough time for people to react if they believe our nervousness. Um, I've got quite the list here. I wanted to see where you guys went with it and, and where you took it because I mean, you could, it could be anywhere from players you hate and you, you just want to put your stamp on your hate and you're really nervous about it. Or maybe players you've kind of put your stamp in that you really like a lot, but you really maybe you have some bad feelings that you're also a little bit realistic about and maybe a little bit nervous. So, Brian, who who's on your list? Who give us one of your guys? Yeah, so so I'm actually going to give you two right off the bat. Um, because... What about a public nervous announcement drop? Oh yeah, I could do that. Public nervous announcement. There you go. Um. So, so the two guys that, that popped into my head right away, especially when it comes to week one here, are receivers battling injury. Uh, Devontae Parker's one. Um, you know, Brian Flores has come out and said that some of these guys that are nursing injuries, they're going to kind of work back in and limit their potentially limit their snap uh, counts and different things. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. Uh, if, if I'm playing, if I'm playing Devontae Parker, um, I mean, Preston Williams has been banged up too. Um, so I guess both of those guys a, a little bit. And then the other one is, is Mike Evans. I mean, it, it's looking like Mike Evans might not play this week. So, yeah. you know, we'll have to, we'll have to kind of monitor this uh, leading into the weekend and into game time on Sunday. But I mean, if you drafted Mike Evans or you have him rostered, I mean, he's a big part of what you're doing. So to yeah, already be dealing with this in week one is a little bit concerning. Yeah, and, and you're going to force me now to talk about the Thursday night game because a question I actually had come my way today was with the Mike Evans injury, do I start Will Fuller? And I and I was so conflicted mm. because I, I am not a big Will Fuller guy. I can see the ceiling and the weekly upside that he has, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like... And basically, this he, he's in a situation where he feels like this is his next best option. So if he starts Mike Evans, I mean, yeah, this is these are his choices. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love, I don't love Fuller um, in general. I think if you're gonna have to play him, play him now, uh, and and hope that you get two and a half quarters before he pulls a hamstring. <laughs> Um, that, that's kind of my thoughts on, on Will Fuller. I mean, look, when Will Fuller is healthy, which isn't very often, but when he's healthy, he's been productive in that offense. Um, so I I'm, you know, yeah, go ahead and throw him in there tonight and hope he makes it through the game. If he does, he could put up a big stat line. They'll, they'll be throwing the ball a lot tonight, um, facing Kansas city. So, you know, that, that game is likely to be 
uh, one of the higher scoring games this weekend, I'd imagine. And um, yeah, I mean, if if you're concerned about Evans, I think I think you know Will Fuller historically is not a healthy player. He's healthy right now, and that yeah. matters right now. So uh, yeah, I'd be okay making that swap. And then, uh, I mean, another point on that is Brandon Cooks probably isn't playing at this point. I'm kind of starting to feel not really good about Brandon Cooks. So, man, maybe this is easier than I it felt when he asked me. Maybe it just felt gross. I don't know. John, where are you on that? Man, there's like so many, like, contradictory tropes involved with this one. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, so – like for one thing, Kansas City's got a better defense than people think. But on the other hand, I mean this this they're still gonna they're gonna put up points and force Houston to throw a lot. So um, I, I I think it's probably one of those games that you want as many pieces of as you can. I think I would do. I think I would go Fuller. Um, you know, with with the I don't know ju- just the trajectory. That Mike Evans is on. I think that you know you, I, like even if he does get in uh, for the for game one, man, uh, you know, and and he gets Lattimore still dealing with an injury, limited practice. I don't know. I I, I don't know how great you feel about uh, about Mike Evans, even if he does play. Yeah, I have Mike Evans on my public nervous announce as well but i also have chris godwin it's not necessarily a week one thing but i'm kind of i'm a little bit nervous for the season here to see how it really shakes out with brady and is brady a a fantasy football upgrade for our wide receivers on the bucks or is he obviously he's an nfl team upgrade we have a smarter quarterback now somebody that can lead them but they won't be behind as much. They won't have to air it out like James Winston did. I I wonder who ends up being the benefactor in this offense. I mean, the, and now they have uh, Gronk. They still have O.J. Howard. They've got some weapons there. So I wonder, I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to be viable pieces, but I don't, how are they going to be that? Is Godwin going to be a wide receiver one again? Man, I, I <laughs> that is, it is, it is tough. I mean, I think that at least one of those guys, I, I still think I've been kind of saying this ever since Brady signed it with Tampa Bay. I just I just think they don't have to air it out, but I think that they're going to like that's what Bruce Arians wants to do. That's what Tom Brady has wanted to do again since, you know, 2007, basically. And that Leonard Fournette, John. <laughs> yeah who is a very good pass catcher yeah <laughs> as we found out last year as it turns out so um yeah i mean i i i don't know i like i i'm still i'm still on this where like it just kind of feels like a therapy session <laughs> for for you know specifically for tom brady he finally breaks free of new england and you know the the very controlled uh offense that they like to run you know they they like to win with defense, and they didn't really let him just just you know go balls to the wall since basically 2007 when he uh, you know when he first set the touchdown record, and since then he's had to sit back and watch you know Peyton Manning break that record. He's had to watch Drew Brees 
you know, come come from behind and catch him on touchdowns and pass him on on, you know, career touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like he's had to watch all of this stuff. He's had to watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Cam Newton and, you know, all these guys just go out and 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 now he's watching, you know, Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And he's like he's he's sitting there thinking, man, I like I'm a better quarterback than every single one of these guys and have been for decades now yet i've been stuck in this vanilla offense where they're afraid to to throw the ball because they feel like you know that puts you it's it's high risk low reward to throw the ball so you know now he gets to an offense with a coach who just has zero uh he has he he has zero fear when it comes to that i almost cussed i I almost use a curse (laughs) word on your on our podcast. Uh, I told hey, you it's have, a little dirtier now. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta gotta grunge it up a little <laughs> bit again. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean you know, Bruce Arians has it doesn't have any fear. And you've got weapons all over the place, particularly in the passing game. If you do have, you know, uh, weaknesses on the offensive side, it's in the running game and in the uh you know the the uh, the offensive line and, you know, in terms of, of running the ball, like <laughs> it all just kind of plays into Brady's hands. And I, I just think that the, the main goal here is to let Brady finish off his career, you know, showing what type of quarterback he is reminding Bill Belichick, what type of quarterback he actually is, what he's actually capable of. And, and probably to, you know, to pad the stats and uh, get a, a comfortable lead over Drew Brees before they both retire. Yeah, yeah. So you're not nervous? I'm not. I'm not about any of those guys. Mike Evans is the only one that I'm temporarily nervous about because mm-hmm. of the injury stuff. But, yeah, I, I love this offense, this entire offense. So who has the better weekly average, just in case Mike Evans misses some time? Would that be Godwin or Mike Evans? If you had to pick today, and you do right now, <laughs> um, so it's it's a tough one. It's a tough question to answer because uh, what we've always known is that Mike Evans ends up with this ridiculous weekly average, even though in reality you get about half a season from him. Yeah, when he hits, he hits like. To, you know, top two or three wide receivers in the league on a given week, you know? My heart wants it to be Mike Evans. Me too. What about you, Brian? I, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be close. I think the weekly average is going to be close, but how they get there is going to be very different. Like John said, I mean, I think, you know, Mike Evans historically, I mean, he wins you weeks if you have him rostered because he goes off for 13 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns or something like that. Um which will carry a team. So, but, but then he also has the three catches for 23 yards game. And <laughs> you're like, what the hell is this? You know, um, Godwin, I think is more, you know, I mean, so, so if Evans is a 30 plus or under seven point guy, I think Godwin is more your <clears throat> 12 to 25 guy in, in terms of fantasy points per week. Mm on a consistent basis. I just think he's, he's Godwin is his, I think week to week, Godwin has a little bit higher of a floor and probably maybe a hair lower ceiling. Even though last year we saw him, 
I'll produce Evans in several weeks. I like yeah. both of these guys too. I'm I'm with John on this. <clears throat> I'm not overly concerned as long as health, you know, as long as they both stay healthy. I'm not overly concerned. They did not bring the greatest quarterback of all time into that system to have him hand the ball off to Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette or whoever the hell else they bring in there. They brought him in to chuck it around. They brought his buddy Gronk in so he can check down to him on third downs if he needs to. I don't think Gronk's going to play that big a role in this offense. I really don't. I mean, I think people are overestimating that. Um, but those two wide receivers, I mean, he's got – you know, this is his best – group of skill position players in his career it's a dream i mean he, he had randy moss for one year or well, a couple years two and a half years i guess three years something like that and that was you know that was great uh you know he's had gronk at, at certain at certain times um but i mean you look at his his wide receivers and they're pretty pedestrian i mean he made the careers of guys like wes welker and um you know I mean Julian Edelman to an extent. I don't want to. I don't want to diss Jules like that. Uh, he's he's pretty. Da- he's pretty damn good. But if he went to any other college, though, <laughs> you, you would you would just destroy him right now. You'd throw him right under the bus. Wes Welker but, was amazing, though. People, I think people forget how like good Wes Welker was before Julian Edelman came up. Yeah, he was. He was, and he did it with he did it with two different quarterbacks. I mean, they were two of the top three of all time probably mm-hmm. having said that but but yes he he was absolutely a dynamic player um both in new england and in denver um but but yeah i i i'm not worried about tampa on offense the only thing i would say is um hopefully these wide receivers get their statistics and and tom brady get their statistics earlier in games this defense is much 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 better than they were last year so um, it, late in games, they might not be throwing quite as much. It might be more of a running, a, a running to close out games type of deal. I don't think they're going to run to win games, like John said. I think this is air raid. Like they're Brady's coming in there, like whipping his. This is PG, so you know what I'm saying. He's he's coming in slinging, and uh, I, I think that that's you know that that's definitely going to be the case. Um, at least early in games until they get out by three touchdowns and then maybe they'll they'll dial it back and run a little bit but so super quick um and and i agree with most of that i just i just wonder if it's quite i just wonder with them not being behind and having to air it out if it changes but so i i guess my nervousness is super small but then really quick before we get back into we'll go to john for some public nervous announcement as well but how do you guys feel about Josh Rosen signing on that practice squad. I love that. He should have been behind Brady in New England. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, I this is this is what we've been looking for for Josh Rosen. This is the path to finally becoming an NFL starter. And, you know, in in, in the meantime, he gets to first he, first of all, I mean, he gets to sit behind and learn from a quarterback who's not only, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, but also has a very similar skill set to Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this actually somewhat translates, you know, for for him. This is this yep. is actually like usable, learnable, actionable stuff that he's going to learn. Um, and then, you know, he also has a very good uh, offensive minded coach, um, quarterback focused coach who, you know, among others, was part of the development of Andrew Luck. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of all that, once you do 
once he does step into that role, whenever that is, you know, and it, it, it might take two years. We might get, we might still get two full years of Brady. He might play out that contract. Yeah. Actually, I kind of think that he will, but when he does, when he does take on that job, he's walking into a, a loaded offense yep. with weapons all over the place and probably the best offensive line he's had so far in his young career. So Yeah, and, and this is what Rosen really needed since the day he was drafted is some kind of decent development program, not to have to yeah. constantly be fighting for a job that he's not quite ready for. And he's only 23. Brian, yeah. are you kind of same area on that? Yeah, and I really think it's a brilliant move by Tampa because – you know they they don't they don't have to i mean they in in terms of acquiring josh rosen they didn't it wasn't i mean it didn't cost him anything right so um and and he's not going to need to be paid because i mean tom brady's there right now they're, it's not like they're going to hand him this huge big money contract you know the day that tom brady walks out the the of of the building mm-hmm. so they'll be able to keep some of those pieces around him the chris godwins the mike evans the you know offensive linemen um you know they'll, they'll be able to build that team around a cheap quarterback even though he's a veteran he'll be you know by the time he he potentially would take over that job he'll be a veteran in the league and in his mid-20s he's not going to be paid like a second contract quarterback because of everything that's happened up to this point so um, I, I think, I mean, it, I think it's a good situation for Rosen. I think it's a good situation for the Bucks overall. Um, and, and if they, you know, if he doesn't end up developing the way that they're hoping uh, behind Tom Brady, then they move on at that point. But it's it's absolutely worth a shot based on the kid's, you know, collegiate career and the the prospect that he was coming out. Um, it's absolutely worth it for them. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you guys. John, who's your who's your first public nervous announcement? Um, so for this week in particular, um, and I actually have uh, I'm going to just throw two of them together for you because they're on the same team with the same you know roughly the same uh, issues. But start with you know Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager. Miles Sanders, it's more the the injury concerns and they're talking about, you know, putting him on a snap count. That's, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like if it just, it feels like we kind of need to temper expectations with Miles Sanders for one week. Jalen Rager is a much bigger one for me to be honest. And it kind of goes beyond week one. Tell and him, actually, John, tell him. <laughs> Cause I just, I just got, I was actually late to this recording because I uh, had to wrap up an argument with a <laughs> really, really stupid person. Um, uh, an Eagles fan, by the way, <laughs> surprise, surprise on Twitter, who insists that Jalen Rager is, you know, going to have a monster week one. He's already the start. It's like, First of all, this is a rookie wide receiver. Like my public nervous announcement really just could be rookie wide receivers in general. Like don't freaking trust them. When we're talking, you know, in the context of a redraft league, which was the original question, who do I drop, you know, off Mm -hmm. of this roster that included Jalen Rager and Brian Edwards. And I was like, I mean, honestly, you could drop them both. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to trust a rookie wide receiver. Who are they picking up? A defense, or is it one of those type moves? Yeah, yeah, defense, kicker, something like that. Okay. And you know, which 
we we all have done that where you know you just yep. you just skip over those stupid positions that you're going to stream all year anyways and load up your bench and hope that the decision makes itself for you which honestly that it it, it I, and I've done it I'm guilty of this but it's not great process because we're just not going to get that clarity and the cut is just going to be so much harder than it was to to make the pick you know yeah and i um, hear you so and yeah. you're always going to have a little rookie fever in the air if if i'm mm -hmm. here so <laughs> i mean where are you with like between rager and brian edwards redraft we're, we'll stay on 2020 so my my whole thing is so here's what we do know jalen rager you know has that labrum tear um, which number one, it, he's wearing a brace, affects the range of motion, and you know there's also a risk of re-injury. I can't imagine that they're going to give him, you know, a full workload. Plus, he didn't have the preseason. I I get that they, you know, in training camp he was running with the ones. It is a much different thing <laughs> to get on the NFL field against a team that's trying to beat you and to hurt you than it is to you know, to, to run seven on seven and 11 on le 11 drills in training camp. Yeah. It's a different thing. These rookies have not experienced the speed of an NFL game at this point, and they haven't experienced the ferocity. Yeah. They have not been welcomed game. to the game yet. Yeah. They don't, he, he has not been hit at full speed by an NFL, uh, you know, uh, an NFL safety at this point. So, um, I like, there's there's a lot there that leads me to believe that they're going to limit him as they should. And I mean, that could be a, a multi-week proposition. So, you know, is as much as I'm okay being wrong on a rookie wide receiver, I think that there's a better chance that Brian Edwards, you know, actually has one of those flash games here early in the season where you get a sell window. Than uh, than Jalen Rager, so th that was my whole process was just dump Jalen Rager. He's still going to be on waivers because he's not going to do anything for several mm -hmm. weeks. And if you insist on picking him back up, then then go do it. Right. Yeah. Especially if you can't if you can't trade him away. And I mean, you're in this situation now that, like you said, we've all done it before. But where you need to pick up a kicker or defense, and these are your bottom feeders. Even if you like them, you have to drop one. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you mm -hmm. there. Yep. Um, some Brian brought up some injured guys, and I instantly imagined him saying Amari Cooper, but he didn't bring him up. I'm a little bit concerned about Amari Cooper this week, but I'm not as concerned about Amari Cooper for the season as I feel like most people are. I would I would buy Amari Cooper right now, but I'm definitely nervous for week one and if he shows up or not. Yeah, are they playing at home or on the road? <laughs> That's a big part of it with him with uh yeah <laughs> and well yeah i don't know man i like amari cooper i think he gets yeah. uh too much shade yeah the only He's thing good. i'd say the only thing i'd say about cooper is i, I mean I, I like him too and i think talent wise i think he's a talented wide receiver i think his situation's better than it's been you know or better than it was early in his career obviously moving to dak prescott from Derek carr so um but there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense now. I mean, you have a, a, a top five tailback in the league who's going to get a ton of work on the ground and in the passing game. 
Um, you know, they 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 have Michael Gallup on the other side of Cooper, who is a a much better than advertised wide receiver. Uh, John, I think you you probably know quite a bit about him. Uh, he's a is he a Colorado State guy? Or Gallup, am I totally, yeah, yeah, yeah it sure so, is. So, um, but, but, and then, right, then they go draft CD lamb and they put him in the 88. I mean, <laughs> they're not putting guys in the 88 that aren't, aren't becoming the number Future one great. guy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so I, 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 I worry about Cooper a little bit. I don't, I'm not worried this. I'm not necessarily worried this season. I worry about him moving forward because here's the, re, here's the reality. Dallas is going to pay Dak Prescott, and they should. And if they don't, Jerry's as dumb as some of us think he is. Um, And they need money. I mean, they've got a lot of money wrapped up in big contracts. Zeke, Cooper, defensive players. I mean, it's there's there's tons of money, and they're going to have to pay Dak. I mean, if he has another season like he had last year, he's making over $40 million. I mean, they they can offer him less, but he's, I mean... He's he's going to make over that, or they're going to tag him, franchise tag him again. Yeah. So I think Amari Cooper could be the 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 odd man out there, um, because again they have Michael Gallup, they drafted CD Lamb, that third you know having three pretty damn good wide receivers is kind of a luxury that not a lot of NFL teams number one have and number but, two but it's can, a luxury that Mike McCarthy really enjoys. Uh, yeah, well, he enjoyed it early. He enjoyed it early in his career. Like James Jones, Randall Cobb. I mean, if Gallup's James Jones-ish, I don't know. And then is CeeDee Lamb your your Randall Cobb? And then Jordy Nelson is could be Amari Cooper? CeeDee Lamb is Michael Irvin, except, well, he's not Michael Irvin. But he's, he's, CeeDee Lamb is going to be their one. I have I have very little doubt of that. I don't think it happens this year, mm-hmm. but I have very little doubt. I mean, Ceedee Lamb is an unbelievable wide receiver prospect agree, in, in my yeah. in my opinion. So I think I think that's the thing that makes Cooper maybe expendable. Uh, is that the right word? My English today. I'll tell you what. So you're more, I'm ner- a, I'm you're a, more I'm nervous a, than me, I'm, and now you're making I'm, me more nervous. I'm a, I'm a yinzer, so I I can excuse myself uh, on English whenever I feel like it. <laughs> um yeah but but I, I i think that's what makes you know and maybe it isn't maybe they just let gallup go and don't pay him the problem is they've got 100 million dollars wrapped up in in cooper mm-hmm. over the next number of years so it's it's just i just don't know um i don't know that i'm not saying that cooper isn't worth that price i just don't know that dallas is gonna think he's worth that price moving forward when they really need cash to be able to pay some of these other players, and specifically Dak Prescott. I feel like Gallup's the guy, though, that needs to have an Amari Cooper or a CeeDee Lamb on the field, whereas CeeDee Lamb and Cooper aren't. They're, they're better than that. Oh, I agree with that, 100%. They're, yeah, they're they're alpha types. Right. So, yeah, he, he definitely benefits from, you know, those guys drawing away the tougher coverage. Mm-hmm. So, Dynasty, would you rather have Amari Cooper or Keenan Allen? I'm still taking Amari. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I like Keenan Allen though. Well, I, I do. I just uh, so I had something. You know, I I got to talk with Jordan McNamara, and I know that you guys have had him on vo- various shows throughout yeah, the off smart season. Smart dude. Well. 
so smart, such a good dude too. But he really shifted my thinking on wide receivers just kind of in general. When he was talking about Mike Evans, you know, back to the inconsistency, at least the perceived inconsistency of Mike Evans, where, you know, again, you you get about eight, eight, you know, startable games out of Mike Evans. In those eight games, he's just an absolute monster, right? He's like high-end wide receiver one, eight games out of the season. The other eight games, he's probably he's like barely startable. A lot of times he's you know, he's costing you weeks. But what Jordan pointed out is that like that's kind of best case scenario for a wide receiver is, you know, eight startable games, eight wide receiver one games. Like that's Mike Michael Thomas was outlier efficient last yeah. year. Most wide receivers are gonna give you roughly eight games. Like that's kind of the most that you can ask for and the most you can expect. So the the goal is to get as many of those guys on your roster as possible so that, you know, if you've got Mike Evans and Amari Cooper on the same team, both of them give you eight weeks, eight good weeks. You know, when Mike Evans has a down game, hopefully Amari Cooper has a, and you know, one of those boom games to make up for it. And, you know, there'll be a little bit of overlap on the positive side of that. There'll be a little bit of overlap on the negative side of that, but it's the that that combination of wide receivers is really only going to lose you, you know, two two fantasy weeks where neither of them does anything. So, you know, it 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 really helps with thinking about these guys and and feeling like, you know, uh, kind of reframing that nervousness with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if you're going to no, get like eight weeks out of them, um, eight wide receiver one high end wide receiver one weeks out of them, that's that's better than you know anything you're gonna get. I just I is is solid as Keenan Allen is. I just don't think that he has that type of upside anymore. Or I mean, because he's had it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Anymore. I mean, I the the quarterback situation is gonna be the big thing for me. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor has not been. I mean, for for one thing, he he you know didn't really like to use the slot receiver all that much historically and uh, yeah he i mean he's he's really kind of a low efficiency type of guy um and then you know at some point you're going to transition to Justin Herbert and that's just going to you know bog everything down for you know a season or so oh man i'm excited for herbert i kind of am too um it's it it just takes a minute, you know, yeah. with with every rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think him and Keenan will get along really good. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you though. <laughs> yeah, um, I have another one that that now I'm kind of questioning if you guys want another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The entire Cardinals offense this week, at least, um, going up again, going on the road to San Francisco. Um, but yep. I was just looking at it. So the <clears throat> Vegas has this, the over-under on that game is 48. Arizona's given up seven points there. So they're still Vegas still has Arizona getting in the neighborhood of 20 points on that San Francisco defense. By the way, the, the 48 over-under, it's the exact same thing in the Saints-Bucks game. Hmm. It's, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's 48. Um, so maybe it's not going to be quite as low scoring 
as we thought. At least Vegas doesn't think so. So I, I don't know. I'm curious how nervous you guys are, especially with Kyler Murray. That's kind of the big one in Superflex is, you know, does how much do we need to worry about him? Um, I think, yeah, go ahead, Brian. But, yeah, I think we need to worry <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I mean, I mean, the, the Niners defense is legit. I mean, they're legit all around. So um, this week, especially. Um, and, and look, Kyler, Kyler Murray, this is going to be an interesting year. You know, he's he's in a division where, I mean, the weakest team in the division defensively has two of the best defensive players probably in the league in Aaron Donald and in uh, Jalen Ramsey. Right. I mean, the Rams are in the West there. Right. Mm -hmm. So. The weakest I mean, defense outside of Arizona. Outside of Arizona, yes, of Got course. It. Outside of their own, which he, which he's probably been lighting up in practice, right? So mm -hmm. he gets out there and he's got to face in in six of the sixteen games he plays, he's got to face San Francisco twice, L.A. twice, and Seattle twice. I mean, that sucks. Like that's a gauntlet of good defenses. And 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 look, Kyler Murray had a really really good rookie year. Um, you know, but but our 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 colleague James the Brain, uh, I, I was on a show with him last night, and he was talking about Kyler Murray and how you know is is Kyler Murray in line for a Baker Mayfield type step back in year two, and I think it could very well happen. He he, he James kind of talked me into it a little bit last night because I was like, oh, well, you know, Murray's, you know, is, I, I'm not a Baker guy, so I you know, anytime I get a chance to trash Baker, I'd do it as much as possible, but um, not as a human, just as a player. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I, I like what Kyler Murray did last year. It was impressive. Um, but, but that is a, that is a gauntlet it, just in divisional games. Um, you know, and, and his, his games against those teams last year weren't his best games. I mean, he, he, he did not do great against those teams, you know, 241 yards and a pick against Seattle the first time. Uh, San Francisco, 17 to 24, 241. He did have two touchdowns that game. Um, San Francisco, the second time, 150 yards passing. Uh, and, and yes, the rushing yards, you know, he had 67 rushing yards in that game and a touchdown. So it's not that Murray isn't a talented player, but he's playing some, some tough divisional defenses. Um, and, you know, I, I just I, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. You know, that offensive line isn't isn't great either. <laughs> so he's going to be running a lot anyways for his life. Uh, and 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 then you know he's a smaller guy. So if he's running the ball and he's taking hits, you know, for me it's a little bit different than a guy like Lamar Jackson because Lamar's a big dude. You know, and and he also seems really in tune to making that one last sidestep to get the heck out of bounds right at the last second before he gets crushed. And Kyler, I don't know that he's built that way to be taking those hits uh, at the end of these runs. So, yeah, I'm concerned. Um, I'm definitely concerned this week because San Fran's just really, really good um, on defense. So for the season, I'm a little concerned, um, but I'll probably not panic until I, I, I've – acquired several shares of of kyler this offseason so i'm hoping i'm wrong here but uh i'll wait a couple weeks in before i panic yeah man there's a lot to digest there so one one thing for me with like comparing kyler to baker i think it's almost just an easy out that we try to take and one difference is if 
Kyler does have a little bit of a step back. Baker never really had the step up. Like he had those games in 2018 where he kind of started to finish the season a little strong, but he's never finished like a QB one. And then Kyler did it his rookie year. And then you add in Hopkins. Um, it's and then Hopkins. You know, it's. I know we're saying we're nervous about the offense, but if you invested in Hopkins, you're probably in a situation where you have to start him this week. I think that that offense is going to try to still move fast. Um, I, I have Kenyon Drake on my public nervous announcement. I, I think somebody like Kenyon Drake, like I don't think they can run the ball enough to, in your guys' defense, keep a lot of pressure off of Kyler Murray. But I, I think that it helps their wide receivers like Christian Kirk and Nuck. Um, this is a tough one for me because I, I – I mean, if he regresses from, like, what, QB 7, is he still QB 12? Or is he, like, QB 22, like Baker Mayfield? Yeah, it, which, I mean, he should stay in that QB 1 range. He, you know, it feels like QB 12 is probably his absolute floor just because of the rushing upside. But, uh, you know, games like this, and he's got him twice, uh, yeah. that could definitely... That, you know that could definitely uh, push him down a little bit. And then week week one are are the I mean there's the narrative out there, so this isn't original or anything. But there is our defense is also going to take a minute to gel and to get going. They haven't practiced the same as they normally would have been through preseason and shortened camps this year. So I mean, will this be an offensive like week one for all teams? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, just in just in general, man. I mean, I think this entire season is going to be pretty explosive for passing off the passing offenses, and I think that it's going to start not only with week one but game one. I think we're going to see, you know, I think we're going to see a, a a pretty heavy offensive game script uh, between the you know with the Chiefs and the Texans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I also think swags that it could take it could take a few weeks for offenses and defenses both to, to kind of get in sync. Um, so there sure, might be sure. some sloppy football at first, but I do think that teams are going to come out firing um, and and try to get going early in the season because of what could come later in the season. I mean, if they call it in week ten and you're mm. eight and two. Well, then you have a chance to compete for something. If you're, you know, uh, three and five or three and I don't do math, three and seven, um, you know, then that's a different story. I mean, yeah. you're 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 out of it. There's no there's no run to the playoffs potentially if there's games that are going to be missed once we get into the late fall and winter. Now, obviously, none of us want that to happen, and hopefully, this is a full a full schedule and a full season, and and we get the NFL as we know it, um, at least from a schedule standpoint and a games played standpoint, but nobody really knows. So you want to get out of the gate quick uh, and win the games that you're playing because you're not 100% sure you're going to have games to win down the line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. I just don't want to be nervous about Hopkins. I don't think I can be, but I hear you guys. (laughs) I hear you. A lot of good points. He's been pretty matchup proof too. And he's I had remember, a lot of crappy quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I remember last year I uh I had a call on uh I called uh Darius Geis as a better start than 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins at uh, at flex and ended up nailing it. I mean, guys, I think went for three touchdowns. Um, and I think he might have even scored from distance on all of them. But Hopkins like still kept it close. He was in a bad matchup, and I can't remember exactly who it was now. But it was a really tough matchup. And Hopkins still like he threw a touchdown pass <laughs> so, and still ended up with like with double digit fantasy points. And uh, so it was like, I mean, I got it right, but it wasn't it, Hopkins wasn't as bad as I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he just finds ways to do it. Now, I, I, I'm and not you only bad. need eight weeks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you constructed this roster properly, yeah. All you need is is eight games, and this does not have to be one of them. Just get somebody else in with a higher ceiling for the week. Yeah. Brian, anybody else here you have a public nervous announcement on? Yeah, there's one other guy for me seasonally that I'm really concerned about, and it's Stefan Diggs. I just I, I love Stefan Diggs. I've been a big Diggs fan for a long time, uh, just in terms of his game. He's so explosive and so dangerous. And I don't think Josh Allen's gonna be able to hit him with anything. So uh I'm I'm concerned. I think the volume is what gives people hope. Uh, in Buffalo for Stefan Diggs, but I mean, we've seen how frustrated he's been in the past with Kirk Cousins not being accurate when he's standing there wide open. And if you think Kirk Cousins is inaccurate, you're going to be really disappointed with Josh Allen. And this isn't a Josh Allen hate thing um, because, you know, I, I, I think Allen is a winner first and foremost. I mean, he, he wins games. He, he finds ways and he makes throws when he has to make them. They're not always pretty, but he makes them when 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 he has to make them or he finds a way to make plays with his feet. So this is not about Josh Allen or, or it's not a, a, a Josh Allen hate sentence or, or segment. Um, I just I'm just concerned about Diggs. I don't think that, you know, he's been very streaky uh, in terms of his his production over the years as well. He's a, he's another one of these guys that he'll have a huge week um, followed by like nothing for three weeks and then another huge week and then nothing for a couple of weeks. So um, I'm, I'm concerned about him in Buffalo. I'm concerned late in the season when it's freezing cold in Buffalo. Um, you know, Diggs is used to playing in a, in a, in a dome uh, for at least half his games in a season and late in the season. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I, I'm rooting for him. I have a lot of shares uh, of of him rostered, but I am concerned about Diggs and Buffalo. That was not when that trade went down. That was not the trade that I wanted for him in terms of his his dynasty value and his production in fantasy leagues. But he's better than John Brown, right? Agreed. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, John Brown had 1,060 yards last year in 15 games, 72 receptions on 115 targets. Hey Swags, this is my nervousness, okay? <laughs> I, I'm just, no, I'm, just real. I'm just don't want you to be nervous anymore. I'm trying to No, you're you're right. And 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 he very well could I mean he very well could take over that that you know that lead guy in, in their receiving core um and 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 ease my nervousness. And I hope he does, certainly. Again, I have a ton of shares, so I'm I'm hoping that that is the case. Um, I have a lot of Josh I, Allen and Diggs as well. So yeah, and then I mean, there's there's instances. I'm not completely defending his accuracy issues. 
but there's instances last year even where you can see Josh Allen like completely throwing it away because his receivers weren't where they needed to be. He didn't have an open man. He had no options. Um, I can see how somebody like Mahomes would make that work still, but there are instant. I mean, he didn't have Tyreek Hill or Kelsey either, but there are instances where, I mean, you can go back and look at the tape and Josh Allen has nothing to do, but throw it away. And that's also affecting his completion percentage. Right. So I don't know. I, I'm man, I'm kind of excited about digs. Well, I mean, I, I, that's good to hear. I mean, I, that, that eases it a little bit that, that, uh, you know, that you're, you, you kind of have a different, a different feel on that. So that's, that's good. I'm, I'm hoping that you're right in this one for sure. Like watching Buffalo in the playoffs last year, the whole time I'm just thinking, cause I, I do kind of like Josh Allen, but I, I was kind of rooting. I'm just thinking like, get this guy a receiver. Like nobody could toe tap, like just nothingness for him. And I mean, not a huge Dawson Knox guy. I think, I think adding Diggs and even Zach Moss would be kind of nice for change the way the game's played a little bit. But I totally get it though. I I get the concerns with his accuracy. It's such a tough issue to debate because I mean, this the stats are there and the numbers don't lie. So I I totally hear you. But man, I think that they could help each other. John, you ate Diggs too. No, I'm 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 good. I mean, I think that. Uh... Har, you might be uh, you might be right to be nervous, uh, but for a different reason, which is how's he gonna overcome Gabriel Davis? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I got to shout out Matt Hicks, the the FF educator on that one. He's the one that turned me on to yes. Gabriel Davis. But man, that guy. <laughs> the vets uh, I mean, literally said that they're learning from Gabriel Davis. Yeah. It's it's somewhat tongue in cheek. I mean, obviously, yep. Stefan Diggs is still the number one. He's like, and it's kind of not close. But watch out for Gabriel Davis, and you know, in in deeper redraft leagues, and certainly in dynasty leagues, uh, he's worth a stash. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and he's practically cheap. Yeah, uh, practically cheap. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is cheap. He's he's practically free. Yeah. Yeah, I got him for free in a couple spots. Um, uh, just to uh, now that since we've got Brian on the ropes, um, I got one more Saquon Barkley. Oh man, how are you gonna? I will smite end, you. End of the nervous announcements with Barkley, eh? <laughs> yes. Holy cow, Brian! Steelers, Bears, Niners. You're not nervous? No, no I'm not nervous. Here, here's you here's, have to say that. Here, no, I don't have to say it. Here's why I'm not nervous. It doesn't matter if he runs for 22 yards against all of those teams. I don't give a shit about his rushing statistics because he's going to catch probably 22 passes over those three weeks. Man. Yeah. Look, I, it, I mean, maybe probably not, probably not 20, probably not 22 passes. It's but the point feasible, is, Brian, honestly, he's, like he had weeks insulated. where he had like 13 targets and brought in 12 of them. Yeah, exactly. Swags. See, you get it. So. Freaking John, John the hater. That's, <laughs> it's not Superflex dude anymore. It's John the hater. Nah, I still love JTH. I still love Barkley. I was, I was actually really hoping that you would get on board with that one, just so that we could point out that you know, as soon as he gets past that San Francisco game, it's time to buy. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's that's absolutely what was screaming in my head as you name those those games, right? Because. He is going to start slow on the ground, and probably one out of those games is going to be a dud. 
somehow they take him out of the game plan. They, you know, he, he, he doesn't catch the passes or he catches a few, but he doesn't score a touchdown that week. So it's, you know, it's a six point week from Barkley and people will absolutely flip the hell out because that's what people do. And that is a, that is a buying opportunity. That is an opportunity to go out and acquire him. Uh, and I would do that absolutely everywhere possible. Yeah. I love that. And not, not just because I'm a Penn state Homer either. I mean, it's just, it makes sense. It's, it would be the same thing if it was McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, whoever. I mean, you, you, you take advantage when people panic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You guys uh, got time for a couple trades before we get John off into this fiery Total. snowstorm. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Is it Fire what's ice. it like today, John? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's warmer. It's pleasant. It's. I mean, it's still around fifty degrees, and oh, there's still fires I raging. Love it. And it's, not the <laughs> fires, not the fires. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, don't I know, can man. deal with. I love 50. like fifty to seventy-five. Like we are like sixty-three here, sweatshirt weather, and I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, I, I usually I hate talking about the weather, like especially on a podcast. But man, like this was this was no. This was noteworthy. <laughs> this to, that we had a weird week here in yeah, Colorado. You so guys sure did. The fact that we're still here, and although I mean it's not freaking <laughs> orange outside like it is in California and Oregon, but um, yeah, it's uh, it was it, it things got weird. Yeah. All right. So there will not be a trade mentioned today that is not super flex. So get that out of the way before we go. Um, I, I have a couple smaller ones here. The first one is it involves Tyrod Taylor. This is a done deal. Um, that neither team owned Justin Herbert. The one team, the team that took on Tyrod Taylor, their other starting quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Gardner Minshew. And the seller of Tyrod Taylor had Joe Burrow and Teddy Bridgewater. The trade was Tyrod Taylor or a 2021 second. Do you want me to go over any of that dialogue again? So both both quarterbacks had, or both teams had two quarterbacks. One, the buyer had Lamar Jackson and Gardner Minshew. The seller had Joe Burrow and Teddy Bridgewater. Tyrod Taylor or a twenty twenty one second. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I think I would I would probably pay that for Tyrod if I if I wanted to shore up my quarterback room. I mean. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to finish the season as the starter, but he very well could. I mean, he held off Baker Mayfield in his rookie season, drafted number one overall. Uh, you know, and it, it was a wrist injury that took him out there, not not poor play. I mean, he played well, and he had the support of his teammates. Um, everybody knew Baker would take over eventually, but I think Tyrod could have probably stayed, you know, kept that job through the through the full year potentially. I mean, that could have been a Mahomes situation where Baker sat the year. Um, had Tyrod not injured his wrist. So, um, you know, for, for to, to get a guy that you could you can play in bye weeks or, or, or in case of injury to another starter, um, I mean, you're not going to you're not going to pay less than that in the super flex league or you shouldn't be for a starting quarterback. So for me, I think that, that makes a lot of sense to do. I would I would probably feel pretty comfortable paying that price to acquire Tyrod Taylor. And then Brian, where do you where do you see you think Tyrod plays a whole season then? 
I, I don't know. I think it'll depend on his play. I mm-hmm. think if his play is adequate and the team is winning a few games here and there, uh, then he probably will. Yeah. Uh, if if the team is struggling and they're losing a bunch of games, uh, then maybe later in the season, um, you know, it, it, it could be a pay, or not 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 Peyton, uh, an Eli Manning, Daniel Jones situation from from Jones's rookie year where he's. You know, he he comes in maybe week nine, ten. If they have a later buy, I'm not sure when the Chargers buy is, but if they have a a bye week somewhere in there and the team is struggling, then maybe Tyrod is only is is only the the guy there for half of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if they're doing well, if they're if they're in a race, you know, if they're a, a game over 500, they're five and four after nine weeks, you know, and and. And maybe in the wild card picture, they're not going to be in a divisional picture. But if they're in the wild card picture, um, you know, then who knows? I mean, yeah, he may, he may, they might just ride with him the rest of the season. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a tough call because, again, I think, I think Tyrod for the first half of the year will shore up whatever team he's, he's on if he's a third quarterback or, or fourth quarterback, depending on um, the rosters. I think it looked like he was, he was going to be a third quarterback for either one of these teams. So, but um yep yep that's true. I also but I also understand the other side of that in getting out from under him if you if you believe that Justin Herbert's going to take over that job which he is going to take over they didn't draft him where they did to have him you know sit on the bench for too long um so to to cash out and get something for Taylor um I don't have a problem with that I don't think it's like well this is a a no brain I think it's a no brainer based on the situation if mm-hmm. you need quarterback help to contend uh, and and need quarterback depth. It makes sense to pay a second. If you if you aren't competing, or you know you, you just want to make sure that you're getting some type of value before Tyrod's time is up in in L.A., then by all means get to get the second. Yeah, John, where would you be on this one? Yeah, um, very similar. Um, I w- I mean, I generally say that you know a starting quarterback in uh, an NFL starter in Superflex should be worth a first. I can see. I, I can see bumping that down to a second in the case of Tyrod Taylor, just because you don't know for sure that you're getting him for the entire season. So, you know, value wise, I think it's fine. I just don't love, you know, move, you know, going from three quarterbacks to two. Right. That And it, that is, in uh, that is a, a realistic part about this trade. Yeah. Both teams yeah. are kind of meh at quarterback. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson. That's not meh, but right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I think that the move, you know, rather than a second, like if so, if you're going to go into kind of into rebuild mode with this team, which it sounds like is probably the case, it's probably looking like a productive struggle with you know while you give Burrow a year to develop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think a better trade would be kind of package Taylor with something else you know whether you've got like a, a like a running back is a great one because they have so much value to contenders for one season um but there's not much reason to you know for holding on to most running backs uh if you're going into productive struggle um you know most of them other than you know the the first and second year guys here in 2020 like the rest of them you're probably going to have to replace them in the offseason anyways so you know, just package them now with Tyrod and get back a young quarterback in return instead. Instead or, of or a first, instead of a second, maybe if you can do that. Yeah, even even that would be I, it would be preferable. 
I mean, either way, like you really, you really want to turn, it, you know, Tyrod into into a third quarterback and maintain that depth. So you know, you can do it with a draft pick, but it's going to be difficult to do it with a second rounder. Mm-hmm. And so my problem with this one. Um, and and kind of how I look at my teams and some of my trades is um, I know in my heart, even if I'm wrong, this is how I'm thinking. I know that I can't get that 2021 second in January for Tyrod Taylor. So if I see like depreciation coming to that extent where I probably can't even get a second at that point, I feel like you take advantage of the opportunity and get something that we know we can't get later. So and that's kind of why I leaned on the second for this. Um, I agree also, like, I mean, if you look at the team that has Burrow and Teddy, they're, they're probably not, I mean, I'm just judging off quarterbacks, but probably not as ready to go as the team with Lamar Jackson and Gardner. Uh, I just, I just wonder how much Tyrod Taylor actually helps you like his ceiling, even if he's running the team. Okay. I wonder how much he actually helps your team. And I feel like the most that he can help me is by getting me this second and getting somebody else to add around my other players next year. Mm-hmm. And that's why I lean the second, but I agree. Like I, I've made that argument before. I know two drinks made it before, like a starting quarterback should be worth a first. Yeah. Um, I've seen David Blau get sold for a first. So Whoa. you know what I mean? It happens <laughs> like crazy stuff happens. Yeah. Um. So I, I get what you guys are saying here, man. I just don't think you can get, a second for Tyrod Taylor and his once the NFL season's over, even if he starts all year, even if for sure. And I think they have to see what Herbert has a little bit before you go into the next draft. I think that all three of these teams, well, Joe Burrow obviously starting, and then Tua. I think you need to see him start at some point. I think you need to see what Herbert can do at same some point, especially with no preseason. So I think at some point these teams have to look to their new quarterbacks to see what they have before the 2021 draft rolls around. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and I mean, I love the premise of, you know, trading Tyrod now um, when he is an NFL starter and, you know, at least theoretically has like late first, early second type of value. Um, which by the way, we, you know, we can't actually project that. So, but, you know, calling these random picks, right. Uh, you it's know, tough. you're, you're really team 12. You're making the other team better by giving them a starting quarterback. So that yeah, second exactly. could easily be a two twelve. Yeah. Especially if that's a contender with Lamar Jackson already on it, like mm-hmm. it's probably headed for a later second. What if I change um, the second to Josh Rosen? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I think I'd be good with that. I mean, I think, I think it's a little bit light on on the value, but I mean, I like I'm sometimes I'm I'm okay with losing a trade, and and you and I actually had trade negotiations that didn't we didn't quite get it done under the deadline. So I sent you a trade. I thought I thought <laughs> we were gonna have one. I know it just didn't quite do what I was trying to do, but um, so we we had a deadline to cut down from. Um, to 28 players on active roster. I had 29. So, you know, I was trying to trade two players away for one so that rather than, you know, dropping this this very rosterable player, dropping him to waivers, getting absolutely nothing in return, I actually get a little bit of value out of him, even mm-hmm. though, you know, in, an, in a vacuum, I lose a trade. Overall, sure, sure. I, I, 
you know, I get a little bit of value out of that running back. Something that you preferred over what you had as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, point being, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay losing a trade, you know, when you put it on a trade calculator or whatever, if, you know, if it, if it fits your, your roster construction and your agenda for the season. Um, so, you know, even though I think that there's significantly more value right now in Tyrod Taylor, you know, if you did put this on a calculator, I mean, it would probably come out to something like three points to, you know, the half a point or whatever. But I, I still, for a, a team going into productive struggle, I would still take Josh Rosen. I, and I would be willing to take a, a, a bath on a deal like that. Brian, does that do anything for you? I mean, the premises of the deal, I think, is is the same, right? Because sure, yeah, you're you're, you're so so. I, I think I feel the same way about about the the trade itself. Um, whether I would prefer Rosen or a second, I don't really know how I feel about that. I know, right but now. you wonder how you'll feel by the time you're using that second too. If you'll be like, man, I took Rosen and I could have had a second, and this guy yeah. right here for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's also entirely possible, though, that you get to the draft and you're like, man, now I wish I had Rosen because yeah. like now I'm on the clock and there's not a freaking quarterback yeah. left with any kind of upside. Yep. But don't you? But don't you think in most cases, especially right now, that you would be able to? still get Rosen for a second round pick. I mean, you know, Brady, especially, I mean, if Brady retires, then maybe not. But if, I mean, any other, you can probably do it. Exactly. Any (laughs) other circumstance, I can't imagine that you won't be able to get Josh Rosen for a second. I traded him away for Robbie freaking Anderson like three weeks ago. So Hmm. that tells you how I was on Rosen and I was big on him coming out. I just, I've just lost a little faith. Yeah. But so why not skip a step? Like why 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 go why make both trades if the ultimate goal is to get Josh Rosen? Oh, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. yeah, I I agree with that. Easy enough. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if we helped anybody on that one because we were all kind of <laughs> a little indifferent on it. Um, in the end, like I would take that second or Josh Rosen over Tyrod Taylor, um, personally. But I totally get where you guys are at uh, on at it. And if Tyrod Taylor starts all year. You probably lost the deal. I mean, just from having that yeah. th- that production for one season. So, um, one more really quick, and then we will get you out of here. This one um, was in a chat today, so I did ask some questions. Neither of these teams owns Dalvin Cook. Would you rather have Alexander Madison or your boy James Robinson? Madison. Yeah, I agree. I disagree adamantly. <laughs> adamantly. Man, you were the one that that was all up in arms about the fact that J- James Robinson was even born. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, John. But now he was. He, he was born and now he's awesome. Um but but I honestly I think that he's going to have the opportunity there. Um, Alexander Madison, I think that we've inflated what he's done on the field, even without Dalvin Cook, because I think we get too tied into the Dalvin Cook injury concerns, the contract concerns. I want the guy that I don't have to wait for if Dalvin goes down or ends up not showing up, which I think Dalvin's going to play. I want the guy that they're, they've announced as the starters, not even on the depth chart. They've came out and they've announced James Robinson as the starter. 
We have no idea what he's going to do. This is one of those things kind of too, where I want to stay a little bit ahead of the curve. And if he does hit, I want that, that Philip Lindsay S like cheap running back out the gate. And I think that James Robinson is giving us that opportunity. Maybe. That's I the, know that's it sounds the, gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the tough part. And, and that's, been the struggle with James Robinson for I mean everybody in every league right now is he's listed as a starter now you've got a Zigbo and Armstead on uh on the COVID list on mm-hmm. IR yep um you know so you're kind of down to Chris Thompson James Robinson what else do they even have is Thomas Rawls still around or something like I, yeah, I think I, that's about it with the guys they just put to the IR yeah yeah so uh yeah, I mean it it's it's definitely a much clearer path uh than it than it was, you know, even 2 days ago, but it's still we have no idea. You know, like Washington has JD McKissick listed as a starter. So he's out on the field for first down. Maybe he gets a carry, maybe they come out and play action and throw so, to McLaurin and then, and, and I kind of had this then, conversation with Fenero last night. Like I feel like at this yeah. point listed versus the team announcing it are two different things. Yeah. Yeah, even then though, I mean, like what what does that mean? What is it going to look like? How how many snaps, touches is that necessarily going to translate to? And and I get that it's tougher with McKissick, but I mean, you know, it's still entirely possible that that you know, they they call McKissick the starter. He's out there for first down and then comes off the field and we never see him again. Robinson is not going to be quite that extreme, but I mean, this could be a very heavy Chris Thompson game. And then, you know, you've got absolutely nothing from out of uh, nothing to show for, you know, what you gave up to roster James Robinson. Six running backs had more rushing yards last year than Chris Thompson's seven year career. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not a, you know, a ball carrier necessarily. He's everybody knows he's more of a pass catching specialist, but I mean, that might be what this offense kind of is for a while. But what, what's Madison going to give you? Uh, Dalvin, Dalvin cook. If he goes down, I mean, that's, I I think that's dude. (laughs) I mean, when I watch him, I'm not sure that he's not better than Dalvin cook right now. Mm. I know he hasn't beat him out yet. And I know that they're going to keep riding Dalvin cook. I think Dalvin cook is vastly overrated. That's my personal opinion. He had a hell of a year last year, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think Alexander Madison can absolutely be the exact same guy if Cook goes out. I'm kind of in between you guys on this one because I think that Dalvin Cook is is worthy of the hype, but I do I also think that Alexander Madison is if if, if he's a step down from Dalvin Cook, it's not a very big one. I actually think Mike Boone as well. Like the, all three of those guys uh, I, now three obviously Dalvin Cook is an NFL starter. Yeah, but I don't Mad- mind that Mike Madison, Boone mention though. Yeah, Madison and Mike Boone both could be NFL starters for a lot of teams. So this was this one was good too. We confused everybody with this one too. I know. We're all <laughs> over the place. Well, you guys agreed with the people that asked me the question that wanted to debate with me. So yeah, I guess it, 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 I'll I'll tell them to listen. You know, and maybe you convert, confirmed uh, their bias a little bit. I just think that with Robinson, I mean, if it happens this week, I mean, 
within a couple weeks, if Dalvin's having a good season, this could be an easy waiver claim that you want James Robinson if he takes off, whereas you're waiting for something bad to happen to Dalvin Cook when this guy's being given an opportunity week one. Yeah, I think the thing for me, Swags, with that, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if it goes that way, I mean, James Robinson, you're talking about a guy who you're you're acquiring for practically nothing, who you could cash out on in a deal that could make your team or or not cash out on. He could be a player that you stick in your roster that helps you win a league. So I don't disagree with that at all. Um, But here's the only thing I don't know. If it goes the other way, so say he's he's the un he's the unopposed starter right now, and we get a quarter of the way through the season, and he has a twelve carry for thirty two yards, a fifteen carry for forty seven yards, a you know ten carry for forty two yards, and a a sixteen carry for sixty two yards, and you know maybe he scores two to three touchdowns in that time frame. I mean, then, then, I mean, that would, that would even be better than worst case scenario, right? Because at least he's like scoring touchdowns, but if he doesn't score touchdowns and he puts those stat lines up, he's back on the waivers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only thing that, that, and, and I don't think, I don't think when we're talking about value, I don't think that Alexander Madison's value is going to tank like that. I mean, you can't get him for a second right now. And he's the backup to Dalvin cook. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, you know, Dalvin signs, he shows up, he stays healthy the whole season. I think next offseason, you're still paying a second for Alexander Madison. So that's that's where, to me, I think I think from a value standpoint, I think Madison is going to hold his value at least and possibly, you know, have have a, a rise if Cook does get hurt. Um, Robinson, I mean, his value has nowhere to go but up. But it also could stay where it is now, which is not not well, not not where it is right now, but where it was a month ago. Um, you know, if, if he doesn't perform with this type of opportunity, then it's going to kind of be like eh, he's he's another jag. You know, he's just another guy. So, um, which he could be very well. And I don't know that I, I'm not naming him like the 2021 starter, but they named him the 2020 starter. Yeah. Well, they named him the they named him the starter at least until those other guys get back. And I do very, think there's a good fair. chance. I think there's a good chance that he'll keep the job. I don't I don't disagree with anything you're saying about James Robinson. I just don't I, I, I just I, I don't know what we're gonna get. And I think that uncertainty is where if I'm picking between the two, I feel like I'm more confident in knowing who Alexander Madison is. I don't I'm not necessarily confident in terms of the situation. Currently, because again, if Dalvin Cook plays, then he's backup and he's a spellback, right? So, but from a from a talent perspective, I feel like I know what Alexander Madison is more than I know what James Robinson is. Could James Robinson be better and 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 much you know much more valuable? Sure, sure, he absolutely could. Even I just, even just given the opportunity, I mean, and I think that's part of it for me is the opportunity. It feels like he's going to have, and even John, you kind of mentioned this too, like when we were talking about Gibson and how people could all of a sudden just get these opportunities. And sometimes they're not always like our Debbie darlings and they kind of come out of nowhere. But I mean, he he's probably touched the ball more times than Antonio Gibson. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. He yeah, has that's true. Yep. pretty much everyone I have, I've had, I've had more carries than 
Antonio Gibson at this point. But I, yeah, Alfred I mean, Morris wasn't that good, but last minute he was good for a year or two in in Washington. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Chris Carson, one of my all time favorites, kind of came out of nowhere. You know, so, we it, it was just a it was just a great situation. And, you know, that might be the case for James Robinson. It's just, I I don't know. I, I'm just not sold on the idea that they're going to commit to him long term. Like, you know, meaning, you know, more than the yeah, time it takes for Ryquel Armstead to get back. Okay, yeah, so even on the season. Yeah. I think for the price, I think it makes sense to pick Robinson in this in this debate. Because because he's costing practically nothing, whereas Madison, I think I, I don't think you're getting for a second right now. So the upside could be similar if if Robinson hits, um, but and, and you're not paying. I mean, you're not really paying a lot to acquire him either. So your your return on investment, even if both of them hit, the return on investment on Robinson is going to be much higher. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's I think that's kind of why I'm just saying just pick him up now. Don't, yeah. don't wait till maybe he hits week one or two because even if he keeps that role, he's going to have a week where he hits, even if it goes away quick. And then the price kind of goes up, and then you have him to get out there to the team that was banking on Dalvin Cook not coming to camp and or getting injured and waiting for Alexander Madison. Yeah, I don't know. That that's kind of where I'm at. Um, this has been a super lot of fun. I feel like we didn't agree on much. Um, but it was really fun. I'm looking forward to working with you guys more and more. So, um, same, same, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Same. And and I think, again, I think that's good for the listener, right. To hear, hear some different thoughts. I mean, and that's what makes this game so awesome is that you can build, you can build your roster in a way that you, you see fit and, you know, differences in opinions on player values or, personal preferences on players causes opportunities for trades and for, you know, different teams to work together to both improve. So um, I love that about, that's probably my favorite thing about this game. You, you guys made me feel better about Mike Evans. I mean, definitely like some good talk here today and a lot of good food for thought. And that's what I like about you guys. Yeah, for sure, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this today. Uh, and, um, and this was a definitely a, a, a good one and a fun one. Absolutely. Brian, yeah. tell them who you are. We will tell them who you are. Yes, who I who I, who I are. Yeah, so I'm the rated har superstar. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> Brian R at, at Brian Har FF on on Twitter. Um, I am a a co-host of this show. Man, that feels good to say. Yeah. Holy holy cow. Um, <laughs> and and also the Superflex Super Show. Um, the Trade Addicts podcast. I'm a co-host there as well. Um, but yeah, you, you can listen to me on any of those shows. Um, I have some stuff over at DLF from a long time ago because I don't write anything anymore, hardly, but, um, I, I am proud to be a, a part of that team as well. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find my stuff. John. Yes. At Superflex, dude. Now, uh, yeah, back at super flexible. So awesome. Love it. Uh, to go. As well as the Superflex Super Show, and uh, man, even more announcements coming. So like, it just keeps this thing just keeps snowballing, and uh, it's 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 all awesome, and it's gonna be we're just gonna take over this Superflex world oh, together. Man. I love it. Stay tuned. Stay with us. Follow all of us. Like Hogue said, there is plenty of more, plenty of more news coming. 
I am Swagzilla Zero G. We are the Super Flexible Podcast. We are the hell out of here. I'm starting Stefan Diggs. Yes. I'm not starting Jalen Rager. I don't care. I don't have a share of Rager. I'm starting Saquon Barkley. (laughs) (laughs) You're nuts. Uh, me too, Brian. <laughs> I yeah, I will too. I have to. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Oh, you like it. Thirty seconds. Devi, Superflex, Henry Ruggs, Lavisca Chanel, Chuba Hubbard, Rashad Bateman, or C E H and Janu Smith. Bateman side. Yeah, with Chubba Hubbard, Rug, Chenault, or CEH, and John U. Smith. Man, I think I'm taking that CEH side. I don't don't love it, but actually, I, I love John U. Smith, though. 